0: Hey there, and welcome to Watering Seeds, a podcast ministry of Covenant Reformed Presbyterian Church in Asheville, North Carolina, where we seek to discuss and apply our most recent sermon in our sermon series through the Gospel of Matthew. This week, we'll be discussing Pastor Sean's sermon on Matthew 13, 24 through 42, entitled Humbled Beginnings. You can find that sermon on our website, covenantreformed.net slash sermons, or by going to sermonaudio.com and searching for Covenant Reformed Asheville here with none other than the man who preached this sermon himself as usual. How are you doing today, sir?
1: I appreciate it when you used to call me the man, the myth, the preacher. What if happened I remember, to
0: those? If I remember, actually, the last time I did that, you the immediate response of, of, from that was, you have to stop doing that. And I think I've got the recording of that guess, somewhere,
1: actually. I guess I miss it. Okay, well, next time. More affirmation, please. We could
0: We could go for a second take.
1: No, no, no. We, we always do one take.
0: One take. No, no bloopers. There's no, we're professionals here. We're <laughs> clearly, professional clearly podcasts.
1: professionals. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Hey, so, uh, let's talk sermon, uh, nuts and bolts. I like to do that just to, again, sort of give a view behind the curtain, uh, ended up with another parable, uh, set of parables really, um, from Jesus. Uh, ended up with another explanation of Jesus, got your sermon handed to you by our Lord. Always great, always great. <laughs> uh, but walk us through uh, how it was doing another parable, but bringing to us a different emphasis. Is that the right word? Yeah, sure. Of I mean, Jesus's
1: ministry? I'll back up even further. Uh, figuring out how to outline and preach chapter 13 was tough. I mean, the parable of the sower, it's given, and then it's explained, but there's this purpose of parable statement in between. Well, the weeds is given, and then there's two more parables given, then a purpose statement, and then a a change in scenery, and then the the explanation is given. So it's a lot. Uh, As we know, Matthew's not just slapping parables up against the wall. Uh, We're pretty sure that the explanation of the parable of the sower happened not to the crowd. Right? It was in right. a separate context. You mentioned so that in the sermon. That's right. Matthew's very intentional. I actually have a a, a very detailed uh, chiastic outline, right, of sort of pairings that go along through this whole thing uh, of why Matthew lined them up this way, why mm-hmm. each parable matches a parable sort of on the other side, one mm-hmm. and eight match, two and seven match. So it's actually very complicated. I don't entirely understand it. <laughs> Matthew, <laughs> Matthew does. Jesus does. That's Absolutely. all that matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was... It was already going to be awkward for me thinking about how to preach a parable and then preach like three to four other emphases before explaining the parable you know following the order of the text and so trying to figure out why some of these parables are grouped together especially the seed and the leaven i mean they're, they're really teaching kind of the same thing mm-hmm. and then jumping off that same planting imagery the first three of the eight parables are all about seeds or, or planting so a lot of that is just, we call this, uh, this is really nuts and bolts, but sort of, there's an exegetical outline as mm-hmm. we study the text. We try to figure out in the order, what does it mean? where are the main points? where are the subpoints? How does it all fit together? In the way presented by the text. Exactly. Right. But then uh, the second decision is like, how are we going to preach this? Right. And usually the way we preach it lines up pretty closely to the exegetical outline, especially covenant right. reformed. Like, mm-hmm y'all expect that, Mm -hmm. right? Which is a wonderful thing, right? Our hearers expect us to show them exactly what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that doesn't mean the the best way for us and our personalities in a certain time with the audience we're speaking to, that we're always going to say it in the exact same way. Right. So then you have to make some preacher decisions of, how am I going to best explain and apply this text? Mm -hmm. And that's where you get homiletical the homily mm-hmm. right that's the homiletics that's sort of the, the study more, of preaching right, right. So that's sort of the more i guess refined next right. step um and that helps
0: understand why you know if um for some reason next time i preached uh I, I really messed up the the master schedule we have and i i've prepared a sermon on the exact same text you had preached and i preach it and it's different than you it's not that you and I are disagreeing on the exegetical outline, mm-hmm. what the text is saying, but we've chosen different aspects to bring out in the homiletical mm-hmm. outline or the, the the way that it's preached. Not that one is uh, uh, better than the other. Of course, your sermon's better than mine, but <laughs> not that one is more true to the text. Perhaps we'll say it that way. Yeah, it's just be... two guys coming at it from a different, trying to to take it and communicate it. Yeah, and this yeah, is a, a, right?
1: this is a rabbit trail, but it's not just two different guys. It's two different. Time. like if i was to preach the same text the week before christmas and the week after christmas i mm-hmm. preach it a little bit differently if mm-hmm. i was to preach it in the new year versus at the end of an old year i mm-hmm. preach it differently if i preached here in the morning and then the same text somewhere else in the evening i might have a different homiletical outline mm-hmm. depending on the audience yeah. so all those things are going into the pot uh, and what came out of that pot by the holy spirit's guidance i trust <laughs> this week uh, was the the farming imagery mm-hmm. it also fit, you know the three points uh, planting growing and harvesting it also worked out well that I was impressed early on of the one of the main takeaways from these parables is patience, and I think someone who hasn't farmed but who's planted you know my eight by four tomato garden <laughs> box out back, uh, I know that patience is a thing for mm-hmm. farmers, and so all that sort of goes into the pot and out comes the outline.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, like I say, I th- I think it's. Um... It's interesting just getting these explanations from Jesus. We talked about that a little bit. That uh, the, you don't always get these, and I think I'm pr- I'm pretty sure this is the last one you're gonna get.
1: Is that right? There's no, there there's one, one more one, this Sunday. More. It's very brief, but
0: uh, uh, and that that goes with the general theme of the parables, right? Jesus is just instructing his disciples on how to read them, mm-hmm. right, or hear them, um, and for us to how to read them, and and then that's gonna go away because. And I'm asking here because his disciples should, at that point, know how to hear them, uh, or because Jesus is really putting the emphasis on the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of those who listen. Because so, parables don't have to take over the the individual the first time they hear them. They can dwell on them. They can think about them for a while. They can wrestle with them. Yeah, and come to their meaning. Walk us through that.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think number one. Would not be the disciples; it would be the crowds and the right. hardening crowds. And so right, here right, right. we see the change in this par- in the text from Sunday. Is that he, verse thirty six, he went into the house. So there's something very different here. Mm-hmm, um, and some people say like that him, movement yeah. is actually the central pivot point of the whole gospel of Matthew. Interesting, because it it's a, it symbolizes his change from the Jewish crowd crowds who reject him to focus more and more on the Gentiles who believe in him and trust him. Mm-hmm. Some people take that turning point, I think, too far. I don't think it's that clear cut. Um, But his ministry changes after this to focus less on the hostile crowds and more on sort of training uh, his own followers. Okay.
0: Uh, So So he's moving from, uh, we might say, pure evangelism toward more traditional discipleship? Is that the direction we're going to see Jesus' ministry? Not that he's... What I'm trying to ask is, Jesus isn't turtle shelling in. No, no, it's he's actually not isolating himself. It's actually the exact opposite, right? Because
1: he's he has sort of limited himself so far to the the Jewish crowds and the expectation of the Messiah to come, and their rejection in redemptive history flings the doors wide open to every other right tribe and people and tongue and nation, right. the Gentiles. Right, 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 and so, I think it's that actually, right. and which isn't like Jesus tried and failed, so he's got to find a new audience. It's in the sovereignty of God. Prophecies it, all but, over the Old Testament. Tell but it needed to ahead. play out this way, right. which is why he's fulfilling the Old Testament, even as their hearts are hardening against him. Yeah, the cornerstone that the builders objected yeah. has become the stumbling block, right?
0: Okay, uh, let's jump into these parables then. Um, <clears throat> and and uh, your central theme and point through these uh, that you brought out uh, is that the church follows Jesus on his slow path from humiliation to glory, um, or in the words of the catechism, humiliation to exaltation. Yeah. Um uh so uh sort of a classic reformed outline there. I like sure. that. That's good. Um so uh you really jumped on the agricultural side of the patience, the slowness, like you mentioned. Um uh what specifically in terms of broad patience? So the whole outline you're doing this, yeah. But just broadly and briefly as brief as you can. I'm walking away from this sermon and I'm like, Pastor Sean just preached about patience. I just need more patience. How do I do that this week? Ah, okay. Go for
1: it. (laughs) Okay, how do you be more patient? Right Uh, now. No, I'm just kidding. kidding. I I think... All right, well, this is... That's that's a great point. Uh, I, I think it's less like stop being angry at my kids type of patience. It's more sort of like an eschatological patience, like a patience on the Lord. And I think... So patience in waiting for the return of Jesus? Yeah, I think so. And where I think uh, from comments people made, and you ever know like what's going to hit harder than others, mm-hmm. I think a takeaway that was meaningful for some was the idea of having the wrong expectations mm. of God and His church and His kingdom.
0: And that made them more impatient. Exactly. Wrong
1: expectations makes us more impatient. I mean, if I expect my kids... To be perfect every night, I put them to bed. Mm-hmm. If I forget their sinners, mm-hmm. then I'm going to have pretty bad expectations mm-hmm. of them. And so I think when we, when it comes to God, I don't know if any of us would say out loud, "Well, yeah, I just expect Him to come back tomorrow and fix everything." Now nobody actually says that, but there are ways in which we're expecting the triumphalist, victorious kingdom right now, and yeah. it's not happening. And so I'm discouraged uh, with what God is doing. I'm doubting if He's. Yeah, because he's,
0: he's not meeting the expectations. Then my expectations that, that I have. That's right.
1: Yeah. So, I I also think that as we grow and learn patience towards God, it filters. We become more patient people, and it filters yeah, into the course. rest of our lives. Right. 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 And so, so downstream so, of this is being patient with your kids. Right. That's not what this. So
0: is less. You know, I want more patience with my children. More. <clears throat>
1: I need to
0: learn patience and trust in the Lord's work in my child's life. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the immediate is like trusting the eternal plan, trusting the glorification plan for God's people that he's mm-hmm. talked about. Then sort of a couple steps back toward us on that timeline would be, you know, uh, my child doesn't, hasn't confessed faith yet. My child isn't ready for the communicants class at covenant reformed yet. Mm-hmm. Um, my child doesn't ask about jesus a lot they talk during prayer it's not so much like anger as much as it is i would think by now that they would have confessed faith in jesus mm-hmm. so maybe patience there and then sort of patience in the immediate sort of my kids do wrong things and i get mad yeah is I- that a fair paradigm through that all three of these are touched on by your sermon but sort of in that order i think that jesus fair. then more long-term goals in our lives
1: and oh way. yes
0: is that fair? Yes, I think okay. that's
1: a that's a good way to phrase it out. Yeah.
0: So, so in other words, the road and path to patience needs to be patient itself.
1: <laughs> yeah. I guess it's sort so. of, kind of how yeah. I walked
0: away. Like, yeah, we need to follow Jesus on His slow path from humiliation to glory, and we need patience to do that. But the the best way for me to get patient is by being patient on the path.
1: Yeah. In, in a way, yeah. Practicing
0: yeah. patience. If I could say it this way, practicing patience begets more patience.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's a fair.
0: Great. All right. So let's move into the actual parables because that's why our listeners are here today. They want to hear uh, details. Just a reminder to our listeners, maybe riff on this for a second. Again, there's not always a one-to-one comparison from parable detail to detail in my life. We talked about that last podcast, right? So if you, if you didn't go listen to that one, go listen to that. I think that's an important intro to the the next several sermons and podcasts on on how we understand parables um, so as we jump in <clears throat> to the weeds uh, uh, and wheat there's the word uh, as we jump into that one um, just want to run by you something that I think you said but maybe not in the way that a lot of people have heard it said before so um, one of the big popular um, well this is a big popular parable naturally and as such the the parable itself has, the the interpretation of the parable itself has become well known, and one of the basics of that interpretation of this parable is uh, sort of the King James language, right? The wheat and the tares, yeah, right, rather than the weeds,
1: which is easier to say, wheat and weeds, right, versus wheat and tares. But
0: and then and then uh, it's been made a lot of ink has been spilled over the fact that the the particular Greek term used for weeds or tares here is a reference to a specific type of weed called a tear i don't know
1: no Um, i I wish i remembered the word it's not most of the commentaries make this point
0: that 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 weed specifically looks kind of like wheat
1: especially when it's young and growing right so
0: maybe from a distance it's Mm -hmm. it's 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 difficult to determine you Mm -hmm. made that point at a sort of a different part or Mm -hmm. detail from the parable Mm -hmm. which was the roots and so, uh, you made the point, and I'm not really following your outline here, so if people that's no, fine. Want no, that. Don't worry about the outline. <clears throat> um, uh, but uh, you made the point uh, that Jesus doesn't want, or the the master doesn't want his servants to rip up the, the weeds after the, the evil one has gone through and and uh, uh, spread those, because if you do that, you might tear up the roots of the wheat, and then we have nothing. Yeah. This right? was
1: yes. This is an interesting question because I, I was fascinated by this part of the parable. And you get down to the explanation and everything's explained except for that. <laughs> Cause I, I just kept wrestling my mind how how would weeding out the unrighteous also weed out the righteous? Mm-hmm. And so
0: Because we want that, right? Like that's the question I felt myself asking during the sermon. Is like, how is it possible, Jesus, for you Because sort of what and again correct me if I'm wrong here, but what what I sort of got from that part of the sermon was in the infinite wisdom and eternal counsel of God and His will, He recognized that it would be worse for us somehow if He had saved us and immediately
1: glorified us.
0: Or not even immediately glorified us, but immediately sanctified you're, us. By us, you're talking about us as an the individual. Church, the wheat. Yes,
1: that's right. Not the church as a body. Yes, that's right. Okay.
0: So uh, Jesus saves me, and boom, I'm fully sanctified. Like, why do I have to go through this process? Why do I have to go through the, the the suffering and the hardship and blah blah blah? And I get to this part of your sermon, and you you're bringing out like tearing up the roots and uh, how you know um, <laughs> I really like the the spraying with the roundup illustration here, um, that you're just going to kill everything. Um, but it was interesting to me that this is a different type of answer to that question that I think the Bible addresses in various places and in various ways that Jesus is actually saying, no, 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 no. If we went and did that, if we got rid of all of the evil, if we ripped up all of the weeds, it, it, you would be worse off. And I think the way that you illustrated that in particular is that weeds can become wheat. Yes. So, so walk us through so, some of that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it uh, help us understand. You, you kept that. saying we, but there's, there's very particularly two groups of people who are, there's the, the farm hands, right? There's the, the workers and then there's the reapers mm-hmm. and they have two different job descriptions. Very different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them's a lot better at their job <laughs> at reaping than the other. And right. so the, the question, the question of, there's two different ways to answer the question because it, Jesus, why can't we go ahead and do it? That's the question I was trying to answer. Right. Because you're not very good at. Right. it. Right. Exactly. You're, you're gonna mess it up. Exactly. Um, I honestly still struggle understanding how exactly, if, well, I don't, I don't actually even know how would a Christian weed out a non-Christian in yeah. the world. I, we understand how it would work in the church. It's church discipline. Yeah, we're in fact we're given the opposite task, right? We're right. sort of
0: not sort of, we're commanded to go proclaim, preach the gospel, evangelize, and try and turn
1: the weed with the, obviously the Holy Spirit does the work, but you know what I mean? But so the fascinating part, the answer is sort of in the non-answer. Like if Jesus hasn't told us what every little individual part of the parable means, we don't have to, we we probably shouldn't speculate too much on it. Right. Um, So I do still struggle a little bit to know exactly what that one-to-one connection is, but I, I am confident and I think this helps our patients as we understand well, it's not your job, guys. Mm-hmm. Like that's the reaper's job. Yeah. And they know what they're doing and you don't know what you're doing. So right. stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And the Lord hasn't caused the reapers to come exactly. So it's a patient. So there's thing.
1: this huge benefit for
0: us, you know. So so again, just in my life and in your life, we didn't grow up in Christian homes. There was a distinct moment of conversion. Um, where before we weren't and after we were, Mm -hmm. you know, whether or not that was a singular moment in time or whatever, Mm -hmm. but, um, I I went from a weed to a wheat by God's grace and and to his praise. And I'm really glad the reapers didn't come before that because otherwise I'm toast. Right. Um, and that, that's a, that's a, I think a very helpful way to think of it non-selfishly. Right. Yeah. Like if, if you're the worker or if you're the wheat, Right. You're really just thinking about yourself and all the fruit that you can get and all that stuff, rather than, hey, the evil one tried to do something, but our Lord is doing something better. Yeah. In leaving the weeds for now. Yeah.
1: And you know, we talked earlier about kids and you gave the example of, of younger kids. But I think about folks that have grown kids and some who are walking with the Lord and some who aren't. Right. Um and yeah, sure, we all want Jesus to come back, but there's a there's a good side of a parent that's like, not not quite yet. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. All right. Give my you know, give my prodigal a couple more chances. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, the parent has a divided heart. They're not really praying that Jesus wouldn't come back, but they're, they, they want
0: know. two good things. Exactly. Right. Yeah. There's a good way to put it. Yeah. Exactly. They want two
1: really good things. And
0: there's no tension in wanting those two things. Um, I do think, uh, uh, you know, early in my ministry, I think I overemphasized like, yeah, we, we, you know, we need to pray more often for Jesus to return. And I think that's true. I do think that's true. But at the same time, I hadn't been considering things like that. And th- both of those things are desirable and good. And God does not look at that and go, oh, that's a divided person. Right. 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 Um, uh, uh, Lord willing, he He says, okay, convert him and then in come. Right. Right. Like, exactly. The, exactly. That'd be the, the greatest part about it all. But okay. All right. So let me back up in terms of, of the, both the outline and, and the text. I, I just wanted to deal with that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Talk about that 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 popular um, and well-known interpretation of this passage. Um, going back, again, you you mentioned that parables are trying to reveal mm-hmm. to those who have ears to hear mm-hmm. and conceal from those who don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked, again, last podcast about how that concealment functions in two ways. First, hopefully it converts them. But if not, secondly, it confirms their hardening, which we're we're seeing in the narrative portion of Jesus's life now. But let's talk about the evil one. Let's talk about Satan coming along. Um, This kind of gets back to to a question the Bible has talked about a lot. But uh, theoretically, the master is God, the son of God. Right. So why doesn't he prevent the evil one? Why doesn't he do more to protect the field?
1: I'm setting you up here. Problem of evil?
0: (laughs) Yeah, basically. Because I think, I mean, if you if you read this, uh, I I think it's a a uh, hopefully not any irreverent question to say, well, man, that that's that kind of stinks that the evil one came in and did that, was able to do that. But I think it points us back to something that we did in the garden more than it does God not protecting His people. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, and and I would just remind us that it's just a parable right and so we don't create an entire creation fall redemption arc right, 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 right. based on right, right, right the guy sneaking it i mean one of the commentaries i read was like look how uh look how unattentive the disciples were to fall asleep and let <laughs> satan come in like come on that's not that's not the point is jesus then but you raise a wonderful point and what's fascinating is that it it's as if in this in this field God is doing the planting first. Right? Right. And it's like everything's good and then it's not. An interloper comes yeah, in yeah, 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 yeah. and plant and so you're you're exactly right in pointing us to the garden here. Yeah. It, um
0: agriculture. I mean come on. <laughs> yeah,
1: right, right. But it's like yeah, it's as if he comes in and the seed's like, you know, I kinda wanna be a weed. <laughs> Life seems better as a weed. So in reality, Jesus is a, just uh, sort of describing reality more than anything. So he, let me push back on that. Okay. Because one thing about parables is I really only think they have like one, maybe two points. And the, the real point of this parable is, is the harvest. Right, time. right. That's
0: what I mean is in that Jesus is just describing the mixed world that there are some people who have ears. Oh, to yes, yes. And some who don't. That's all I mean by that is that, that, um, uh, uh, there's no origin story of the master right. and all this stuff. Going right. on The parable Jesus is trying to get to the point of yeah. the harvest, right, and all that stuff, and he's somehow just got to be like, okay, there's a field, <laughs> yeah. and there's seeds in it. Okay, just ignore but it that. It is fascinating.
1: You do learn about the mischievousness of the enemy, right? Because right.
0: Jesus very specifically says it's nighttime. Yeah. Which is, then he comes yeah. in, which is huge, and <laughs> and that's super crafty. Another yeah. word from earlier in the scriptures. Um, what, uh, what, what do you think we should take away from this? If anything about, uh, uh, Satan being the one to spread the seeds of the weeds. Is there anything there?
1: Yeah, I think there is. Okay. Because when you get to the explanation, Jesus is clear. A a he, he could have just, he could have just said what you're like. He, it could have just been, there's random seeds that happen to get there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so. I think... The wind blew. Right. I mean, one thing that's... It's, we, you know, y'all are tired of hearing us say this, but there's just two types of people, right? <laughs> there's two... There's not good seeds, a whole bunch of neutral seeds, and then the bad seeds. And so I think this... Sort of the mushy middle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it drives the point home. Like, yeah. it's either Jesus or the devil, mm-hmm. right? And At Jesus least.
0: makes that point about the mushy middle later. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. Either for me or against me. Does it again in Revelation, Laodicea being lukewarm.
1: Says, yeah. So the ears to hear for this one, is like, uh, you know, knock, knock, Pharisees, are, are y'all listening? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. You, you clearly know which side you're on, right. right? And, you know, they're... No, they don't. They're not yeah. listening. Like, they, they don't have ears to hear. Um,
0: well, then you bring up... I'm pretty sure you brought it up in the sermon uh, that uh, they're like their father, the devil. I did. That's yeah. from John 8. Right. Different yeah. gospel, but obviously yeah. same. Um, I mean, the, the Pharisees, if they don't already, at this point in Matthew's narrative, they will... Very soon, be called out very explicitly by Jesus, uh, it's coming for that very, uh, very, very specific thing, um, which goes back to even the signs. Right, I, I mentioned in, in that sermon that the Pharisees and demanding a sign are doing what Satan did in Matthew four, where he's like, "Throw yourself off." The scriptures say, right? Um, and uh, Jesus' response: it, "I'm not going to test. You know, you, you don't put your Lord God to the test, right?" right? So Pharisees repeating. So yeah. Jesus is using that repetition for a very specific uh, teachable tool, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I just I sense that there's, uh, there's so much grace in the way Jesus is going about this. Of course there is, right? But I just mean like I'm just captivated by the fact that Jesus hasn't given up yet. Mm-hmm. So how do parables act in that gracious way uh, when the Pharisees are continuing to harden? Why doesn't Jesus just go, all right?
1: Yeah, I Let's mean, the, call it. The weird thing about the Pharisees is, I mean, the the parables is that they they do they both they conceal for the Pharisees in the very way that they sort of extend an opportunity for them to hear in a different way, mm-hmm. right? Um, but they're also functioning to harden them even more against Jesus to
0: the point that the prophecies about the death of the Messiah would come true. Yeah. So, and, the, so and to all, prove that they're hard. In other words, there's just a million things going on, right? Uh, in, in these, and I just, I like to bring that out to people that, that there's so many layers, there's so many different things that are happening in why Jesus is doing what he's doing, and I'm sure there's a million more that the scriptures just didn't even record for yeah. us. Yeah,
1: I mean, you if you know, think about the wheat and the wheat, like, the wheat and the tares, neither of them have a, in, in the parable, like, they're just plants, they don't have a conscience, they can't <laughs> right, hear, right, right. they don't know what's happening at the right. end of the harvest season, mm-hmm. right? And so, the yeah, the graciousness of God to give us these warnings over Mm -hmm. and over and over again yeah
0: all right uh let's move from wheat and weeds into mustard seed yep and 11 yep so uh you looked up a mustard bush when prepping (laughs) this is that right (laughs) i read about them i didn't see a picture though okay so i still don't know how big a must i still haven't gone apparently they're not very tall
1: they're like 8 to 12 feet i guess it's not small but proportionally i guess they're huge for the garden. Right. For a garden. But there, it'd be a stretch to call it a tree. So but Jesus, Jesus calls it not, the trees here. A
0: tree. Jesus is not making the comparison of like a tree farm. where like, oh, okay, we want, you know, a paper company. is like, well, we need renewable trees. So we're going to go plant a bunch of trees. Jesus is, spe- is still speaking in the agricultural.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: So it, what we're talking about is an incredibly tiny thing. We'll be able to sustain birds nests and more life
1: yeah and apparently like the mustard seed was like proverbial for being so small okay I And mean, i think in our context we would talk about the acorn and the oak tree right like right, that right. immediately brings an image to mind i think right, right. it's similar I and mean, acorns not the smallest of the seeds but the drastic difference between acorn and oak tree is the point yeah and so i think i mean faith like a mustard seed he uses later it's a it's a proverbial saying for something that's very very small
0: right so going back humble beginnings slow path you plant that seed and it's going to take a while before it comes. It's interesting to me. This is just sort of a a, a little side note. Um, I went to Greece about a decade ago on a little like tour. Yeah. Whatever. It must be nice. And the uh, It was great. Yeah, actually. Um, <clears throat> but I uh, went to a couple of different places and we drove past, as you can imagine, a billion olive trees. Oh, yeah. And something I didn't know until I was there, and I'm pretty sure that I'm getting this right. You can double check me later. But I'm pretty sure it's that olive trees don't produce edible fruit for three years. Uh,
1: I've, heard I've heard something like, something that. like that. Yeah.
0: That, that it's an incredibly long time and you have to discard hmm. uh, 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 at least one harvest of the fruit. Wow. Because it's not good. Like It has to mature. It has to. So, you know, um, say a mustard seed. I don't know, but just make it up real quick. A mustard seed takes a year to grow into a bush interesting jesus didn't use an olive but i guess he was going for the small into the big yeah uh but but same again agricultural uh metaphor going on here that this stuff takes a lot of time is there anything in here in the agricultural that jesus is tapping into that's going back to the curse the toil of our hands the thorns is he using that on purpose i don't think so okay He could be just not explicit. I don't obviously. think so. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I've, 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 I've had a p- bunch of people come to a lot of different conclusions on the basis of the agricultural nature of a lot of parables on that. So I was just curious huh. your thoughts. Yeah, I didn't consider that actually. Yeah.
1: yeah. I did. So, uh, I did read one that said, um, the agricultural narrative is for the men in the audience. Oh no. And yes. the cooking narrative for the women in the no,
0: audience. No, 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 no. The leaven is for the... Yeah, lo- so, yeah. so Hey ladies. Exactly. Hang with me. Yeah, You're exactly. coming No. So uh, no, no, no.
1: I did not quote that in the sermon for good, obvious reasons.
0: Good. Good. I think you made a wise decision. though I talk about my wife
1: constantly. Making that's true. Stuff that's with That's true. Leaven. And that's where we're
0: headed to this to the leaven, to the yeast uh in the bread. So um you made uh I think a a, a good deal about the word hid
1: mm-hmm.
0: just recap that for us real quick
1: uh why use that word yeah I, so it's it, it's tricky right because apparently that's not a common word it's an appropriate right. word right but just like when you're trying to figure out any other language like that, yeah sure. it's like someone speaking english as a second language like i get what you're saying but that's not how we say it right i, I feel like that's I don't know. I don't speak Greek. I don't. Sure. So, but I, that's what I read. Yeah. So you read um, Greek, you don't speak Greek. Yeah. Right. So I think hid is, is, it's sort of like this hat tip to like, yeah, there's something else sort of going on here about okay. how you are, are hidden in the world. Sort of how the wheat is not visible from the tears. So it's more, maybe
0: more, uh, an emphasis on the mixing so, like, there's a mixing of wheat and weeds. Exactly. There's a mixing of bread and leaven. But
1: it's so thorough. I didn't say this in a sermon, but, I mean, imagine trying to separate out the wheat from the flour. Like, that's right. impossible. Well, Paul makes this
0: point, and uh, it's obvious why you wouldn't reference Paul on this point later in the New Testament, because Paul inverts the metaphor, mm-hmm. where leaven is is sinfulness. Where he says, don't you know that a little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump? It's almost
1: always sinful. Right. So that, that was sort of my yeah. question
0: is like, Jesus is using the leaven here. Obviously, they know a lot about leaven, uh, the Pharisees. Leaven, right?
1: Well, yeah. Sorry, I don't believe that. I'm quoting the guy. Yeah, like- yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but the, the Passover obviously tells a lot about leaven. Leaven's a big deal in the, the, the religious significance for Israel, et cetera, et cetera. So they're gonna know a lot about that. Sure. They have a whole unleavened bread feast, right? So why is it is it again just Jesus
1: being general? So there's this, there is that I do think it's true that Jesus is like looking around and sort of not look not fit not actually looking, but like as you or I would try to have illustrations that relate to people. And I do think these are intentionally thoughtful about their daily life. What do they like you guys work to, with bread, so let me tell you a little. Yeah, thing we're about gonna get bread. Yeah, so I think he, he's just really good at that. Okay, uh, I think though I do the, the problem I have with the word hid, just to put a period on that thought, is that you can take that too far and say, like, oh, we need to be sort of uh, like secret spies and espionage in the world as we're sort of undiscernible from the people around us. Um, so I. I don't think it's safe, So that's one of those words I don't want to make too much out of. Mm-hmm. just sort of want to note and, and maybe see what it could be implying. Mm-hmm. Now, now, are are you asking why does he pick these particular types of... of
0: no, no, no. I just mean, uh, uh, again, the word hid is very interesting in that that uh, my initial reaction when you were like, now the word hid was, oh, he's about to tell us that the leaven is actually the bad thing because leaven is always the bad thing in the metaphors. And so... This is the evil one mixing in leaven
1: again, or mi- mixing in weeds. But it wasn't that. No, no. It's but that's a great question because some people do think that. I mean, right? Okay. Evangelical commentators take this one and even possibly the one before as sort of more negative type examples. Uh, I don't think. But you're taking it from the perspective that the bread is the world, or the dough.
0: Excuse me, is the world, and the leaven is the like, equivalent to the wheat, right? The, yes. The believers and so it's going out into the world sort of inverted from the wheat.
1: Yeah, and the reason is because the parable says the kingdom of heaven is like the leaven, is not like, the, like leaven. the flower. Right, exactly. I think exactly. if you said it was like the flower then we
0: So, yeah, so the re- the reason I'm 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 sort of teasing all this out from you right now is that that uh, to show again Jesus is teaching a similar or the same principle roughly through a lot of these parables here. But he's telling them in a very different way. He's starting in one point somewhere and another point somewhere else. And I think that's going to take us all the way back to parables reveal and conceal. Is is that right? Mm -hmm. That the Pharisees are are going to get to the end of the 11 and go, dude, what is this guy talking (laughs) about? I do think that's true. Is that partially true? Yeah. I mean, if if they've ever thought this dude's out of his mind, it's got to be now, right? Um, Like... And he's, I mean, he's just going to start making more and more divine claims after this. Yeah.
1: And so it's there. In other words, the parables are being effective. I and think rewarding. so. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, we're going to get to this sort of massive question at the end of this coming Sunday where Jesus asked them, have you understood all these things? And they say, <laughs> yes. And that's it. And you're like, what guys? Are, oh, are you sure about that? <laughs> Hang <laughs> like, on. Uh, <laughs> so we're, and we're not too far
0: off from Matthew 16 either. Right. right. So the, the, the explicit confession of Peter. Is, is on its way. I mean, that super famous passage. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to come in the wake of a bunch of parables. So, yeah. Uh, and that, and um, at least somebody understands what's
1: going on. By so of it yeah, I'll steal some thunder from Sunday if you listen to it between now and then, but they, uh, they don't understand everything, but they, what they do understand, they believe. Yes. And I think okay. that's huge. Yeah. Like our kid, like, you know, eight year olds on Sunday morning could hear this and be like, yeah, I, yeah, I get that.
0: Well, I did this last night, right? So we, uh, Madeline and I, have, have um, uh, recently started using, on the recommendation uh, uh, of someone here, uh, uh, the Child's Story Bible by mm-hmm. Catherine Voss. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been around for a while. Apparently, Banner just put out a new edition, newer publication of it. Um, and uh, the interesting thing is, we've sort of we've moved uh, from picture books into more of a chapter type book Mm -hmm. and there's very short chapters they're very digestible they're really good and by the end of it Matt and I looked at each other and we were like he's not listening like there's no way but immediately at the end of it we were talking about heaven and how God never sleeps and in heaven you know um, uh, there's light Uh, there's no darkness and blah 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 and immediately, as soon as we're done praying afterwards, he goes, "Man, I can't wait to get to heaven. I hate sleeping." <laughs> and we're just like, "Whoa, okay." Like yeah. maybe you didn't get the, you know, the this particular piece or that particular piece, but you heard that, and we can capitalize on that. So we spent some time talking about that. Something similar can go on mm-hmm. for disciples, apparently. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to to that coming out because I I think that'll be a very encouraging thing uh, for for Jesus's hearers and for us, because I do, I just, I I think Christians love parables, but I think we're perpetually perplexed by parables because we just don't, we we don't know how far, how deep and how far to go with them. Hmm. Uh, which again, we're, we're sort of in familiar territory from last time Mm -hmm. about that. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited, um, uh, to, to sort of get, get through some of these and start seeing some reactions, start seeing some, some more things, particularly as the explanations get uh, smaller and smaller and then mm-hmm. drop off. Yeah. So, all right, last thing real quick, uh, the glorious exaltation of the kingdom of Jesus. So the parables do take us all the way to the end, uh, as it were all the way to the eschaton, uh, which, uh, the last time, right. Or the last day mm-hmm. of judgment. Um, what what's the big payoff for the parables talking about being humble, to end with that?
1: Yeah, I mean it. It's the yeah. It's a such it's such a theme, right, in Scripture that God will exalt the the lowly and humble the proud. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Mary's song when she finds out she's mm-hmm. pregnant with Jesus, mm-hmm. echoing Hannah's song, right? You know, as the downtrodden one in First Samuel. So man, it get. it's not like we need our day in the sun and mm-hmm. we're just going to put up with this, mm-hmm. but there is this glorious reward that awaits us mm-hmm. based on no merit of our own. Yeah. But that God is, I mean, it's sort of, you know, the Lord's saying, yeah, you know, I see you. Like, I, I know. I, I see my son. I, I certainly know how hard this is. Yeah. Like yeah, it's yeah, a, lot, a whole lot harder for him than you. Uh, and, and just, just wait a little bit, just endure. I mean, he says, you know, the one who endures will be, to the end will be saved. He said that a couple mm-hmm. chapters ago. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, honestly, I think many of us are so afraid that we're going to be motivated by, like, the reward of heaven that we don't even think about it enough. I mean, maybe some people aren't like that, but, no. I mean, I know I am. It's like, no, I need to follow Jesus for the right reasons, right? I need Because right. I I love him and I trust him, and it, it is why I follow him. But, man, this is just this promise in 43 that you will shine like the sun. I mean, yeah. what in the world? Yeah, yeah. The, like, after not shining at all, yeah. buried in the dirt, yeah. hidden in the yeast. Yeah. Right? Like, what? Yeah. It's incredible. And all of
0: those good, glorious benefits we have are to the glory of Jesus. Okay. I mean, he tells us all of these things about the life to come, not so that we could sort of bury them in, no, 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 I just want Jesus. No, 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 I just want, you know, that's all true. Like, heaven is going to be as sweet and amazing as it possibly could because he's going to be there. But at the same time, like, the food's still going to be great. <laughs> the fellowship's going to be incredible. We get to see people that we've lost in this life. We I mean, um and s- we'll be surprised at what happens with people who live beyond us, right? Lord willing. So, you know, it's 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 one of those things that yeah, we we ought to be able to look forward to the promises of glory, but never detached from the one who gave them. Right? And yeah. and I I just really appreciated that aspect to the ending of these parables by Jesus is that he showed the payoff. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes the scriptures sort of hide those. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. they hide those a little bit. They veil them a little bit. But Jesus just makes it his business to, to reveal it constantly.
1: Yeah, and it's such, it's such a stark contrast from the humble and the hidden. Yeah. The, the, now what it's not humble, it's exalted, it's not yeah. hidden. It's the brightest thing in the world.
0: And, and, it, and it mirrors in some way right? The two advents of Jesus, the yep. first, the humble baby in a manger, the second one, power, might, glory. Yeah.
1: Transcendent glory. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Awesome. Well, on that glorious note, thanks for your time this week, sir. Absolutely. Looking forward to this next uh, next one up. I will mention to our listeners, holiday season uh, coming up, so watering seeds will probably be on a two-week hiatus sounds just like because it. of the traveling schedules uh, of uh, your staff so we appreciate your patience on that who knows maybe we'll rope Wilson uh, into uh, uh, doing some playing some catch up uh, mm-hmm. after, after it's all said I'd time. love Wilson. to hear that we'll see so thanks again brother I yep. uh, look forward to, to hearing, a, hearing the next one appreciate it <laughs>